Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. This is our second of our two planned Tuesday episodes. Uh, the episode previous to this, we got caught up with what we would have done on the show yesterday, uh, our normal Monday programming as far as uh, the weekend recap of action with our five-on-five drill and our sixth men, as well as key news, um, game previews for the upcoming week of action, our power rankings discussion, and finally the naming of the weekly MVP. We did that that we would have normally done on a Monday. We did that the first episode of tonight, our Tuesday night. But now with the second episode, we're going to do our normal Tuesday show, what we would uh, do on Tuesday show regardless. And let's jump into that. We're going to start with our game summaries from last night of the last night of action, Monday night. And uh, we have how many games? Seven games for you. So let's waste no time. Let's get right into it. Firstly, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks win on the road in Detroit against the Pistons, 150 to 130. Huge scoring game here. And this was the return of Giannis and Chris Middleton to the lineup for Milwaukee. Um, you look at the game charts, this is just a throttling by the Bucks of the Pistons. They led by more than 30 points at a few different points in this game. Um, 33 points was their largest lead. Just a massive win for Milwaukee. For the Pistons, uh, their leading scorer was Boyan Bogdanovich. He's their leading scorer for the season. 33 points this night. Uh, they had 23 points and 15 rebounds, two steals and two blocks uh, from Jalen Duran getting the start uh, in that game. 21 points from Sadiq Bey. And 12 points from Jaden Ivey, 11 from Hamadou Diallo off the bench. Those were their five double-figure scorers. Meanwhile, for Milwaukee, uh, 29 points, 12 rebounds, four assists for Giannis Antetokounmpo, 21 points for Brooke Lopez, 16 for Drew Holiday, and 18 points, 10 boards for Bobby Portis. Uh, 18 as well for Javon Carter coming off the bench. And Milwaukee fairly well-rounded, and they managed to run up 150 points on Detroit, uh, in Detroit. So big win for Milwaukee there, especially getting those two guys back. They're all-star players, and one of them, you know, a multi-time MVP. That's big to add that back to the lineup. Uh, Next, the Orlando Magic once again surprise the Boston Celtics. They win in Orlando 113-98, to and that ends the Celtics' nine-game win streak. Uh, it was close through the end of the first half, beginning of the second, but otherwise Orlando held pretty uh, convincing leads. For Boston, uh, Jason Tatum led the way, 26 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Uh, percentages were all right. 26 points for Jalen Brown. Um, outside of that, though, not a wealth of scoring. 11 points for Derek White and 13 points for Sam Hauser. Meanwhile, for the Magic, uh, 23 from the rookie and potential, at least a candidate for rookie of the year, I think the front runner, uh, Paolo Bancaro, 23 points for him, 21 points, 11 rebounds for Wendell Carter Jr., and 15 points for Franz Wagner, uh, 18 off the bench for Cole Anthony, and 10 off the bench for Jonathan Isaac, who played his first NBA minutes in oh, two, potentially three years Um probably two years and a few months. It's been quite some time more than thrilled to see him back on the floor and uh, playing 
you know, substantial NBA minutes and adding to a cast of, of characters from Orlando that's trying to, you know, they've, they've added a lot of young talent. Now they're trying to grow and build into to something more than just a young team with some potential. So nice win for them against the Boston Celtics. Next, the Chicago Bulls went at home against the Atlanta Hawks, 111 to 100. Um, close throughout the game, but then fourth quarter, they managed to pull away. For Atlanta, they were led by their backcourt, as you'd expect, 21 points, 13 assists for Trey Young, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists for DeJounte Murray, and 16 points, 12 rebounds, 2 steals, and 2 blocks from Clint Capella. Uh, back in the starting lineup for them after uh, having Onyeka Kungu starting at center. They had three other guys score 11 each, Bogdanovich, Collins, and A.J. Griffin. You know, for the Bulls, uh, DeMar DeRozan led the way, 26 points. They also got 20 points from Zach Levine, 18 points, 10 boards from Patrick Williams, 14 points, 17 boards from Nikola Vucevic, and... 12 off the bench for Caruso, 10 off the bench for Kobe White. And the Bulls get the win against Atlanta. Next, the Houston Rockets win at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Kind of a surprising one here, 119 to 114. Um, Rockets end a 13-game losing streak. So that's a big win for them to finally get back in the win column. Um, Again, kind of similar to that other game we talked about, close at the end of the first half and beginning of the second. But otherwise, Houston held some nice leads in this one. Uh, for Minnesota, they were led by Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. They combined for 61 points. Uh, 31 for Anthony Edwards, 30 for D'Angelo Russell. Rudy Gobert, nice game, 15 points, 16 boards, 4 blocks. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, 10 points as well, and 10 points for Austin Rivers. However, for the Rockets, 42 points for Jalen Green. He's continues to be a guy capable of having these Huge scoring outbursts seemingly every night. Um, they also got 21 from Alperen Shangun, along with seven boards, seven assists. Uh, continues to be a dynamic force for them. Uh, 14 points for Eric Gordon. 11 each for Terry Eason and Jay Sean Tate. And 10 points for Garrison Matthews as the Rockets uh, kind of an upset win against the Timberwolves. Uh, after that, the Utah Jazz, my favorite team, uh, beat the Charlotte Hornets in Utah, 120 to 102. Um, fairly close through the first quarter, but after that, Utah took a lead and then built that lead throughout the rest of the game. For the Hornets, uh, 23 points for Terry Rozier, 18 for Mason Plumley, uh, 11 for Gordon Hayward, 15 off the bench for Dennis Smith Jr., and 11 off the bench for Mark Williams. Meanwhile, for the Jazz, marketing another nice game, 25 points, 11 rebounds. Good to see him back in the lineup. 18 points for Jordan Clarkson, 13 points, 9 rebounds for Walker Kessler, getting another start, more consistent as a starting center for the Jazz. 14 points for Mike Conley, and 11 points off the bench for Colin Sexton as the Jazz pick up the win. Uh, next, another higher-scoring game, the Portland Trailblazers win at home, uh, convincingly against the San Antonio Spurs, 147 to 127. Um, Close through the first half, but then uh, Trailblazers took a big lead at the end of the third quarter, and that was all she wrote. For the Spurs, they were led by 20 points from Keldon Johnson and 18 from Jeremy Sohan, Uh, 14 for Pirtle, 12 for Langford, 12 for Trey Jones, 
11 each off the bench for Richardson and Collins and 13 for Doug McDermott. However, for the Trailblazers, uh, their three, their big three, I guess if you want to call it that, maybe big four if you threw in Jeremy Grant, but he didn't have a strong game in this one. Uh, but Nurkic, uh, Simons, and Lillard all had great games, especially Lillard, 37 points, 12 assists. Great game for him. 26 points for Anthony Simons, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 steals for Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, 19 off the bench for Shaden Sharp, 10 for Nazir Little. And the Trailblazers beat the San Antonio Spurs. And finally, the Sacramento Kings light the beam at home against the Memphis Grizzlies, 133 to 100. Uh, huge second half effort from the Kings to bury the the Kings as, or to bury the Grizzlies as uh, the NBA website so uh, eloquently puts it. For the Grizzlies, uh, as I mentioned on the previous episode, uh, John Morant. And Steven Adams rested for this game. Uh, Tyus Jones was serviceable uh, in place of John Morant. Desmond Bain led the way for them, 21 points, 19 points for Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, but for the Kings, another triple-double for Sabonis, 14 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, 20 each for Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray, 17 points, 10 assists for De'Aaron Fox, 24 off the bench for Trey Lyles, 13 off the bench for Malik Monk. And again, the beam team lights the beam in Sacramento. Um, big win for them. I believe I saw a stat where they started the game uh, 10 for 10 from the floor and were just, you know, on fire for uh, a, a good stretch. And uh, certainly in that second half, they really uh, took over the game against the Grizzlies. So big win for them. I want to add a real small side note. Um, I believe it was the game before this one. Uh, yeah, Grizzlies at Suns, I think is what happened, where Zaire Williams hit a 80-foot shot <laughs> at the end of a quarter. Um, I just want to mention that because that's unbelievable, and I think that is in the record book for top five longest-made shots in NBA history. Uh, it's got to be at least in the conversation. So shout out to Zaire Williams for hitting that crazy shot. So that gets caught up on the latest uh, game action in the NBA. Let's talk key news, and I'll get a drink here real quick first. <clears throat> All right. Key news. We don't have a ton of items here. Firstly, um, for Brooklyn, Kevin Durant will be reevaluated in two weeks. He's still dealing with that sprained right knee, so he'll be out for at least another week or two. Um, hopefully he's able to return by that point, uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, similar story with Zion Williamson for the Pelicans. He's out at least two more weeks. He's dealing with a right hamstring injury uh, in comparison to Durant's sprained right knee. So uh, for both of those guys, again, wish them the best in their recovery. Would like to see them on the floor as soon as possible and uh, like to see them stay on the floor once they're back on the floor. Uh, for Golden State, positive news. Uh, James Wiseman is set to return Wednesday, tomorrow night, versus Memphis. He's missed the last 11 games with a left ankle sprain, so that'll be big to have him back in the lineup for Golden State. Um, an interesting note for uh, All-Star weekend and the All-Star game when that comes up, 
change of pace we've had in the last few years, the advent of the all-star draft where the two captains, the leading vote getters in their respective conferences, uh, the leading vote getters are named the captains, the two captains, and they each pick their starters and their reserves from the pool of uh, starters and reserves in the East and the Western conference. Um, So that same draft will happen, but instead of being a televised event a week or two before the draft, like it's been in the past or week or two before the all-star game, like it's been in the past this season, this draft will happen the night of the all-star game reminiscent of, you know, you're playing pickup basketball and you're uh, you have two captains and they have to pick uh, the two, the players they want on the team right before they play the game. It'll be that same sort of a feeling. At least that's the idea I'm getting. And that's, kind of been the reception of the fans uh, to this news. So that'll be interesting. Again, the night of the All-Star game itself, the captains, the two captains, will pick their rosters that very night. So kind of interesting. Uh, Finally, I wanted to clarify something because I just barely learned about the specifics of this, and it makes a lot more sense looking at the the games for this week. This week is what the NBA is calling – rivals week it's their first ever iteration of rivals week uh it tipped off tonight tuesday night's action and it's all of the national broadcast games that are focused on this rivals week so firstly uh the first game of tonight's doubleheader was celtics heat that's a great rivalry and then after that it was clippers lakers of course the battle of la that game is currently in the last uh the fourth quarter midway through the fourth quarter um and then the remaining um national broadcast games are kind of in that same theme and i don't think even the episode before this i didn't really touch on that so let's kind of touch on that again um wednesday 7 30 on espn it's uh again these times are eastern standard time uh the brooklyn nets in philly against 76ers so that's of course the the harden simmons trade there's a rivalry there and then at 10 o'clock on espn it's the Grizzlies at the Warriors uh, playoff series from the last year. There's, you know, some competitiveness there. Thursday, 730 at on TNT, Knicks at Celtics. That's a great classic rivalry. There's been various moments throughout their histories where they've battled. And then at 10 o'clock on TNT, Mavericks at Suns. That's that uh, very recent playoff series. Uh, Friday. 7.30 on NBA TV, Grizzlies-Timberwolves. That was the playoff series last year. And then 10 o'clock on NBA TV, Raptors at Warriors. Uh, that was the finals from 2019. Saturday, the 28th, we have a, a triple header, it looks like. Yeah, an ABC triple header as part of this Rivals Week. Um, although this 3 o'clock game I don't think is part of Rivals Week. Nuggets at 76ers. I don't think that's a rivalry per se. Um, should be a competitive game. Should be a good one. Two of the top teams in the co- in their respective conferences. 5.30 on uh, ABC. Knicks at Nets. Of course, the, the New York battle there. That's a good one. And 8.30, Lakers at Celtics. Of course, the rivalry of all rivalries in the NBA. And then finally on Sunday, uh, let's see, no, I think Saturday might be the kind of end of the the Rivals week. Yeah, it is. So let me double check. I actually have a page pulled up here of these rivalries. I want to see what they have for this 
Nuggets Sixers rivalry. Uh, I guess, um, yeah, they just have it as Jokic versus Embiid. That makes sense. They're just focused on the individual matchup. That's still should be a good game regardless. But uh, yeah, just wanted to clarify why that was listed. But uh, yeah, so that's something I just wanted to touch on because I I think it's a cool thing. So they're, I imagine that's something they'll promote going forward. You know, one week or maybe a couple weeks every season they'll have a, a rivals week and have these games you know matched up to to fit that theme. So kind of interesting. I like that idea. Uh, we'll see if they keep keep it going forward. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, and the rest of this week should be interesting with that little wrinkle added to it. Um, with that in mind, let's go ahead and jump to our award chases discussion. Again, I, f- I feel like with this award chases, we don't always have a ton to talk about as far as new updates. And we can pull up our stats here and see what might be different, the same, um, as far as when we last talked about it. There might be a few changes. Um, first of all, you look at the MVP type conversation. I think you've still got Tatum, uh, Doncic, and Jokic. Those would be your guys at this point. Your three guys, I would say, your front runners for MVP. Embiid is more in that picture. He's maybe locked himself into that group, maybe even pushed Doncic out. Uh, It's debatable. They're all pretty close. You could mention Durant in that breath although he's you know missed several games with injury Giannis could be in the picture um I would like to see Lillard but I know with the winning their record it's probably not going to happen uh LeBron could be deserving but again their record is not good enough for him to really be probably seriously considered um so it's probably going to be that six horse race at this point primarily Jokic Tatum Doncic Embiid those are your top four I'd say Giannis and Durant on the periphery somewhere. Um, but yeah, not too much really different from the last time we kind of looked at the uh, the MVP picture here. And I imagine it's going to be more of the same as far as rookie of the year. Um, yeah, I mean, Bancaro's leading far and away, I would say. Matherin a second as a six-man type role. Jaden Ivey still trying to find himself. Keegan Murray's been solid. Jabari Smith Jr.'s getting a little bit better. Jalen Williams has had some nice moments. It's L-E-N for uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. But otherwise, it's still Bancaro's uh, race to lose at this point. If he, you know, were to, you know, get injured again or anything of that nature. But otherwise, I think he's still uh, still playing well and still kind of the the leader at this point. Um, when it comes to, you know, defensive player of the year, I imagine, I think Jimmy Butler might maybe get small consideration. He's currently leading league in steals or one of the leaders along with OG Ananobi. Ananobi, as we mentioned, he's a top guy in that conversation. Brooke Lopez, Nick Claxton, Miles Turner, uh, those are all guys that are going to be in that mix um, as far as defensive player of the year, uh, maybe a you know a Zubat gets his name in there as well. Otherwise, yeah, not too much different there. Um, we got to remember though, there's some awards that I've been neglecting. We have a new 
award, our Clutch Player of the Year award. And that's probably going to be, um, let's see, 2023 20, 20, NBA game winners. Because I, you know, you hear about the game winners when they happen, but uh, haven't really made like a list of who's had all these game winners. Um, AJ Griffin's had two of them. And, uh, See, Shea Gilders Alexander had one this season. These are game-winning buzzer beaters, so not all game-winning type shots or game-winning clutch performances. So that one's a little bit harder to gauge. I'd have to look into it a little, little bit more, get some more uh, advanced input on that one. Um, otherwise, we've talked MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defense Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year. That's an interesting one. And I think there's a guy that's kind of emerging – as uh, a strong option there. Let's see if we can scroll through here and find him. I'm doing this through basketball reference. Um, no, that's not it. If you're wondering why sometimes, because I kind of have to scroll through and find the stats I'm looking for. Of course, Malcolm Brogdon's a nice name to consider, as is Malik Monk. Uh, they've been solid six men for their teams. Oladipo's come on as of late. Uh, Bones Highland's been nice all year. Jalen Noel's been okay at times. Uh, Seth Curry, sort of. Let's see here. Cole Anthony, John Wall. Here's some guys. Westbrook, of course, I've talked about. I... As much as I've ragged on Westbrook in the past, I like him as a six-man candidate this year. I don't know if he'll get that credit, but I like him there. Uh, I like Bogdan Bogdanovich. That'd be a good name to have in that conversation. Norman Powell, though, I think he's emerged as a top candidate. Norman Powell, along with Benedict Matherin and probably Christian Wood, although Wood's starting more and more games. So he might be taking himself and uh, the Mavericks might be taking him out of that consideration. Because, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's started more and more games. He's started uh, about a third of the Mavericks games at this point. He's averaging 18 and 8. If he had done all that solely off the bench, he'd probably be a front runner at this point. But right now, I would say – your main guys would be Westbrook, Matherin, and Norman Powell. Those would be the three names I would say as far as a six-man candidate. So so that's that award. Um, most improved is an interesting one to, to consider as well. I would say Shea Gildas-Alexander right off the top of my head. Um, otherwise, maybe a Donovan Mitchell. Those are probably your top two. Um, and then you can consider a Lowry Markinen or um, Jalen Brunson, maybe. But uh, I'd say Shea, Gilles, Shea Gilgis-Alexander would be the, the top pick, at least in my mind. But that's really it for award races. I don't really think there's much new to talk about in that uh, conversation. And so that'll kind of make this a, a quicker episode for tonight, I suppose. Let's go ahead and talk about our This Day in History fact real quick. So this day in history, January 24th, we're going all the way back to 1956 for this one. January 24th, 1956, 
With the West defeating the East 108-94 to in the sixth All-Star game in Rochester, Bob Pettit of the St. Louis Hawks captured the first of his NBA record four All-Star game MVP awards, leading his team with 20 points and 24 rebounds. Yes, Bob Pettit has the most All-Star game MVP awards uh, in NBA history, or at least is tied for that record. Um, I believe that record still stands. If not, he held that record for a long time. So uh, definitely a, a fact worth pointing out. Criminally underrated Bob Pettit. I know he played in a different era. He was, you know, this guy you see in pictures. And, and the one thing I always think of with Bob Pettit is like, man, he had hairy arms. He was kind of a hairy guy. That was, <laughs> that's kind of a weird thing to, to point out, I guess. But uh, those pictures, there's something about the contrast in those pictures really points it out. But yeah, criminally underrated. He's uh, one of the first real superstars in the NBA. I mean, everyone talks about George Mikan. Bob Pettit was, you know, the next level up from George Mikan. I mean, he, a tremendous rebounder, a great skilled forward, you know, uh, probably the progenitor of the stretch four. He wasn't really you know three point wasn't even a, an idea of let's add that into the bas- the game of basketball at that time three pointers were just you know a gleam in someone's eye at that point but um he was a you know a mid-range guy he could hit some some jumpers outside of the paint he could score inside he was a great rebounder he was a great team player he was the leader on a championship team, that St. Louis Hawks championship team that won a championship, one of only two championships during the period of uh, the Celtics dominance, because the Celtics won 11 championships in a 13 year run. Only two years, the Celtics didn't win it. And the Hawks were one of those years. And so hugely underrated player. Anytime I can give Bob Pettit some credit, shout him out. We got to do that. So uh, that takes care of our This Day in History fact, and that takes care of our show today. So again, thanks for listening. Sorry again about the mix-up with uh, yesterday's show and today's show, but uh, we're all caught up. We've done everything we need to. We've got our MVP award and our power rankings all posted and updated for you. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow uh, with Justin. Hopefully we've got some technical issues sorted out. We'll be back with Justin to uh, do – our normal Wednesday show, we'll do our predictions, we'll do uh, trade deadline type talk, you know, as we're getting closer and closer to that. And we'll wrap up the action from tonight's action as far as uh, Tuesday's games and the news up to uh, that point. Excuse me. So thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.